0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 71 of the Audible Farm Podcast. This week is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. They'll roast coffee beans to your specifications and ship them to your house. That's right. Just go to www.couchtowncoffee.com, click on the Our Coffee section Find a coffee you like. And when you make an order, let them know that Audible Farm sent you. And you can save 20%. Enter the code word OCTOBER. The code word this week is OCTOBER. It'll save you 20%, so check it out. CouchTownCoffee.com. Code word OCTOBER saves you 20%. And why is the code word OCTOBER this week? Uh, I'm sitting down with Dustin Liebert from St. October. And we discuss a handful of things, actually. I uh, met him online through a couple of Facebook groups here and there, and... uh found out that I actually uh, bought some used gear online that he used to own, so, you know, we go through a little bit of gear talk in this uh, this episode, and, uh, you know, it's a pretty good one. I do want to uh, mention to everybody before I fire this episode off that there is going to be a show in Humboldt, Iowa, and it is going to be called The Rockin' Picnic, winter party 2020 all right so this show is going to be at rustics it is free and is on february 22nd 2020 easy to remember 2 22 2020 so yeah february 22nd 2020 rustics in humboldt it is free show starts at 8 j clyde band is going to be there it's going to be a great show so check that one out everybody here we go with the episode it's episode 71 with dustin liebert of saint october it's the Audible Farm Podcast, with your host, Peter Stockdale. Alright, sitting down with Dustin, oh man, I did it again, I usually ask everyone's last name. Liebert? That's not right.
1: That's, no, that is correct. That is correct? Usually... Yeah, usually everybody says Liebert, and it's, it's a bit of a pain in the dick.
0: <laughs> I was wondering if it was going to be like super weird, like Lebert or something, and it's just like, no, you're doing it all wrong. No. Well, we got it. Liebert.
1: That's right. right. Now, if you ask my uh, great-grandma, it is Liebert,
0: but... Oh, really? So it is. Yeah. It's so, French. There we go. All right. So I wasn't too far off questioning my nah. instincts, but hey, rock and roll. Uh, Dustin, you play guitar for St. October.
1: That is correct.
0: And am I pronouncing band names correct? Because that's always tough when I've never seen you guys live, but uh, I've heard you guys on uh, some streaming platforms, etc. But when you see your names on show flyers, have you ever seen like a band's name on a show flyer and you're like, I hope I'm pronouncing this band name right? Because if not, I feel like you know, totally, won- right. totally wonky, but it's St. October, right?
1: Yeah, it's exactly how it sounds. Yeah, I, I know what you mean by having some band names that sound a little. Uh... Whoop!
0: There we go. Yeah. Mike in the face. There
1: it is. There it is—the first blooper.
0: Blooper on the podcast. Uh, for anybody listening, oh, I guess that's all I have is audio, anyways. But uh, uh, <laughs> Dustin's microphone tipped over. But yeah, anyways. So yeah, you play guitar it's, say, in St. October um i also do
1: uh backup vocals as well oh
0: nice nice cool that's cool man
1: yeah like everything you've heard on the ep anything off of uh possessions which is on youtube spotify pandora whatever apple has now for their platform am mm. not sure if it's itunes anymore or if it's just apple music all the other streaming sites all right it's, uh, yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean it's pretty much available available anywhere to uh to be listened to um you play music in the Quad Cities area more than more than anywhere, I guess. Is that where you're originally from?
1: Uh, I'm actually from Clinton, but uh, I'm I reside in the Quad Cities right now. And uh, you know, to be honest, we've only played maybe two shows in the QC. The rest has been Iowa City, Cedar Rapids, Animosa.
0: Yeah, man, that's uh, the Iowa City area and Cedar Rapids area has been blowing up as of late. Um,
1: oh yeah, you got great places like tailgaters. Gabe's, the Yacht Club, which is under new management.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, you know, we'll see how that all shakes down. I guess I got a show coming up in Iowa City not too long, so, uh, you know, it's kind of wild. There's a lot of stuff going on in the Iowa City area as far as, like, music-wise. Is, is there more going on there than in the Quad Cities, or is it just uh, preferential, like, uh, your market is more in the Iowa City area? How does that work out?
1: I don't know. I feel like we're more welcomed outside of our hometown. We have had some great in-town support. Uh, we've been played multiple times on Minor Disturbance Radio, which is on our ninety-seven X. Okay. Here in the QC. Yep. Which which um, was the only rock station before I Rock ninety three five came along. Okay. And they're they're actually uh, looking to do some harder stuff aside from your typical, in paraphrase for Sean Oaks butt metal.
0: Rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean that, that's just one of those things like music wise, I never understood it, but it was so popular. Um, it's just pretty much, um, a lot of like a lot of chugging on single note type rock and roll. Um, I mean the only reason I never really enjoyed it so much was that was what I always came up with in my basement, I guess, as far as, um, Um, And I just never viewed it as as good enough to take out of the basement, but I I also don't have the, I don't know, I don't have the experience these other guys do of being able to play uh, that kind of crazy stuff. Um, I, you know, I've never been much of a soloist, but uh, I guess as far as me being your friend on Facebook and seeing some of the stuff you post, you can solo, like, pretty damn good, man. Um, Yeah i don't know i don't know well, let's put it this way like you you took the time to get your chops up to to do what you can do which is is very you know admirable because i can't do a lot of that kind of stuff that you can do as far as uh i don't know play fast and 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 shred and that kind of stuff how did you get to that point of you know was that just something that came natural to you or what
1: oh god i had to work for it um At heart, I feel more like a rhythm player because that opens me up quite a bit to sing, but there's a lot of stuff in the St. October stuff that I have to be doing leads Mm -hmm. and doing my vocal parts at the same time. Uh, Actually, one of my main contributors to where I am now is our other guitarist, David Moselle. Um, Yeah, if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be the uh, player that I am today. He and I just sort of gelled really well, and he took me under his wing, showed me a lot of his, a lot of his stuff, a lot of his secrets, uh, just stuff that really helped me out. And uh, yeah,
0: it's awesome. Got my
1: chops up from there.
0: That's cool. A
1: lot of our, uh, a lot of our guitar stuff. Uh, it doesn't quite work unless there's the other guitar in there. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of our stuff. Like on the EP and on this upcoming album, which is titled Whatever Darkness, okay, a lot of the riffs would not make sense unless you had that other guitar.
0: Okay, so is that something that you did on purpose, or is that something that just kind of worked that way?
1: Uh, it just it just works that way. We uh we rarely play the same thing, and when we do, it just gets incredibly heavy. Yeah. yeah. But uh. Yeah, I remember being uh, being a kid and uh, watching these kids play Guitar Hero bragging about how they can play stuff like Thunder Horse or uh, Through the Fire and the Flames, and I'm like, you know what, I want to do stuff so when someone's learning a, say, October song, they're going to have a bitch of a time trying to choose which guitar track they want to play. Yeah,
0: that makes total sense. Plus, <laughs> you're like... I
1: just wanted to be that asshole.
0: <laughs> well, plus, you're like right on when you say, like... Uh... If you're not playing the same thing at the same time, when you guys both converge to play the same thing at the same time, it sounds like insanely heavy, you know, because it's not what Mm -hmm. has been happening the whole time. Um, That was something that took me a while to learn um, as far as like music-wise, where if someone, if one or the other person is always playing like a lead or something like that, when you finally converge together for something, it's just like that's when all the power of the song just starts hitting everybody at the same time
1: exactly
0: and you know what's so cool about the way that
1: dave and i work is uh um well usually when he's holding down the heavy stuff i'm usually hitting the octaves or uh the harmony of whatever he's doing heavy like say he's tremolo picking on the first fret i'm up there on the fifth fret giving it a nice gross sound yep but even during the leads like uh I'll step back and do rhythm, and he'll do the solos, and we'll line up some certain notes in the rhythm in the lead, so there's always harmonies going on. Right. But you can tell one track is distinctly rhythm while he's doing lead, okay, or vice versa.
0: Oh, that's crazy! That's crazy cool. Um, so are you the only other backup vocalist then in the band?
1: Uh, our drummer Dave does some singing here and there cool. behind the kit, and. Uh, our main vocalist, who's actually taken over a lot of the uh, harsh vocals, the screaming stuff, Monica, mm-hmm. um, she's she's branching out into my realm of doing vocals, and lately I've been branching out and doing her type of vocals. Uh, we've been doing clean harmonies together. We've been really trying to get it in pat to where her and I can do the harmonies that are on the recordings mm-hmm. live together, whether she's doing the higher parts and I'm doing the lower parts, or even in some songs... I'll be doing, like, the mid-range stuff. She'll be doing the higher stuff, and our drummer will be doing the deeper stuff.
0: Oh, that's cool. So, like, did you ever, like, take any musical lessons for singing at all, or was that something that you just kind of did your own pitch training with (laughs) the sounds around you? Uh, I
1: always had this crazy dream of being a voice actor, and I used to do impressions really good. I used to mimic certain vocalists that I liked just to try to get my toes wet and doing vocals i've always been super self-conscious about it up until now mm-hmm. and uh yeah i i started out doing impersonations of uh god anywhere from wednesday 13 to uh god, now now i'm drawing a blank on him rob flynn from machine head okay The to Devin townsend to randy Blythe, to phil labonte from all the remains i'm not sure if i pronounced that right but no, I, I tried stealing a little bit from each and every other different vocalist that I drew inspiration from and tried to mimic it in a way, and then once I feel like I got that down, I just let my natural voice take over.
0: Uh-huh. Dude, Devin Townsend. Like You mentioned Devin Townsend. Uh, I don't know if you saw my <laughs> face light up, but that that dude's vocal range is insane. There's a few songs where it's well, he goes from singing clean to singing harsh to guttural yelling to super high pitched ludicrous stuff. It's wild, man.
1: Yeah, I mean you listen to stuff like Bad Devil where he's almost as low as Peter Steele. Mm-hmm. And then you listen to stuff like uh Deadhead when he hits that scream right at the right before the last chorus. Yes. Or even at the the end of the song thing the Be- things beyond things mm-hmm. where it's just all mellow out and the song goes completely silent. Mm-hmm. He does like a minute long scream that damn near shatters glass. Yeah, dude.
0: Uh, I was actually thinking Deadhead in my mind, so like, if anybody's never heard it, it might be worth uh, might be worth checking out. It's a pretty killer tune.
1: Turn the lights off, close your eyes, lean back, take a drink, and just enjoy that eight and a half minute ride. Yeah. Uh, the album, the album version is great. Uh, Monica's favorite version is live at the Royal Albert Hall, but mine is, uh, the one that they did in the Strapping Young Lad sessions, where they had some of the dudes from Strapping, dude. and Dev still, he's still got that skull it, and he's playing a Strat with a yin-yang, that's my favorite that's version. That's
0: my favorite version to too, dude. <laughs> that's so awesome that that, I don't know how this lines up like that, but I agree, man, I'll, I'll tip one back to that, it's a Coca-Cola, but we'll do it. You gotta, you, just yeah. You just got done at the gym, so oh, thanks for taking some time to sit down with me, man. You know, uh, this isn't like the first time that you and I have actually had something that we liked um, that kind of intertwined. For example, I'm I'm looking at it right now. It's it's off camera to everybody. Oh, there's no video for this. Who am I kidding? Um, over to the side here. There's a, a guitar amp that I actually bought um i bought it on craigslist i found it online i bought it from a guy i took it home i used it in a band i was in for a while i started putting uh some pictures of me playing guitar up online and somehow or another um through the iowa music scene you saw my profile picture and were like dude that used to be my guitar amp
1: (laughs) see i noticed the scuffs because the uh the scuffs on the cab are completely familiar, because they were white, and that JSX cab is a bitch to find. Yes. And then, I looked up at that dome light and saw that it was purple, and uh, yep. I had changed that into a black light purple. Yep. And above, like, right by the handle, you might see just a little bit of glue from a stencil that used to say Liebert on the top. Oh
0: yeah, I never I, I never even noticed, man.
1: I'm... I'm pretty sure I cleared that off good. I, when I sell something, I want to make sure it's like you're not getting a NAS product. Like yeah. If I were to sell a guitar, I'll clean up the fretboard, polish it up real nice before I send it mm-hmm. off. I tried to do the same thing with the amp. It might have been a little dusty, but who knows how long uh, the dude has had it before you got yeah.
0: it. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know, man, because it was one of those deals where uh, you had sold it to somebody, and I bought it from the person you sold it to, so it didn't travel too many hands. But it's it's kind of crazy because it's still like my main my main amp that I use. It's my favorite guitar amp. Um, I mean, even even you will admit that it's still you know to this day a pretty stellar guitar tone, even though your your tastes oh, have changed. It's
1: a, it's a hidden gem. I mean, if I had a choice between a JSX and a 6505 or a 5150, those other those other amps can eat a. far <laughs> in my French, but. The, 50, the 5150, it's got a great tone, but I feel like it's a one-trick pony. Just same with the 6505, but here's the thing. The crunch channel alone on the JSX is enough for the 6505. You put an overdrive on the crunch channel, you got a 5150. The ultra channel just mops the floor with both those amps. And here's one thing on the JSX that none of those other amps have. A beautiful shimmer. Yeah, clean. dude,
0: the clean channel on those is insane. And... uh I know like gear talk usually has people like kind of turned off, but, uh... oh yeah, I was going to say gear talk usually turns people off, but I'll tell you what, that's, uh, that's definitely, Mm -hmm. I agree 100% with what you said. I mean, they're two, they're obviously two different things. It's like, do you like chocolate ice cream from one company or do you like chocolate ice cream with chocolate chips from a different company, even though it's the same company, but still like, it's, it's the same thing, but not. I I mean they're both high gain amps and uh, I mean a lot of people are probably that listen to this uh, probably have no clue what we're talking about but you know at the same rate it's it's one of those weird th- they're missing <laughs> out <laughs> it's one of those weird things
1: where dude I'm gonna get. <laughs> I'm going to get some hate for uh, shitting on the 6505 or the
0: 5150, but... Boy. Oh, man. Well, I mean, you and I actually... Uh, you introduced me to a Facebook group that uh, is the PV Cult. And that's uh, spelled cult with a V, and um, uh, there's people on there that, I mean, would agree with us, and there's people on there that would heavily disagree with us. It just kind of comes down to personal taste, I guess, because even on there, you'll find people that are like, this is the greatest amp ever, and it's like a solid state. I'm like, well... Yeah, maybe, you know, but it's still, I mean, it's still good amp, but right. not, not, not yeah. my flavor, I guess, you know? So I guess it all comes down to personal taste. Cause I mean, I, have I've even got like a, one of the PV classic thirties and those are like, I mean, the tone that comes out of those is insane, but it's not, it's not like metal tone, you know? So you, you kind of, it all comes right. down to what you want. Um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy that like you and I m- sort of met, ish that way you know like we met on facebook that way we became facebook friends um i knew you had a band you were trying to book shows um somewhere in the area where like we could come see you or like i could at least come see you play and you know just say hi live or whatever like that i was gonna come to one of your shows when you were playing in des moines but i was actually booked at a show across town so i couldn't make
1: yeah you're running yeah i
0: i couldn't play or i couldn't come over and see you but one of my buddies came and saw you uh sean oaks sean Jovi. Um, however you may know him, I've interviewed him before he was, he was on the podcast, but, uh, you know, Sean and I kind of look a little bit alike because we both, um, don't have a whole lot of hair. I mean, uh, we both keep it kind of clean and tight cut, you know? So like, You actually, uh, mistook us for, for one another. Oh, Dustin's, Dustin's flipping the awesomely (laughs) long, amazing hair. I wish I still had some. No, uh, you actually like mistook us for one another, but it introduced you to Sean, which is kind of a cool thing because, uh, is Sean doing stuff with, uh, St. October or, or no, because there was, uh, maybe talks of him going over there and playing with you a couple times.
1: Uh, he actually has made it out to the QC and came out to Clinton with us a few times. Um, we've actually recruited him to help write keys for whatever darkness and uh the ball's in his court man if he wants to join full time he the door's hey, open. that's a
0: long haul though des moines uh, to quad cities
1: right see we're not the kind of band that are gonna be like hey we need you here every yeah. week <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. like uh it, like every other week or you know once or twice a month is good enough for that um but no, uh, I really like Sean on a personal level, not just a musical level. He's a really cool guy. He, uh, He's definitely all about sharing the riches or knowledge, whatever he has. He's, uh, he's, he's great at that. He's a bit of a procrastinator, and uh, I think he might worry a little too much about the small things. But uh, I think the guy's going to come out on top on whatever Yeah, I mean,
0: that comes down to a little bit of, like, all of us have a little bit of that in us as musicians. I always like to make the joke that... Um, Um, Musicians are kind of weird because our hobby that we do all the time relies 100% on timing. Yet a lot of us are almost always late and like not on time and things like that. So it's kind of weird that it works out like that. Um, But not that all of us are, you know, procrastinators, but it's a, I, I always think when it comes down to like somebody giving you an open ended, Hey, you can make whatever you want for this. I always just clam up because it's like, ah, nothing I'm going to make is going to be good enough. You know, I always, I always go into that mode. So uh, as far as creating something, I've always kind of been um, lackluster. So, I mean, to anybody out there creating anything, I I think it's just wild. It's like crazy. I mean, the fact that you had an album out, and I was like, oh, this is a cool album and stuff. You want to do a podcast? And you were like, let's let's wait a couple months and get it closer to the next, you know, EP release. And it was like god damn we got another one coming out like how do you keep churning this stuff out where do you draw inspiration from for this
1: uh so the ep was stuff that is uh that has floated around since god almost as early as 2010 up until 2017 2018 as it's had a bunch of different reincarnations but have never actually been played out or recorded or anything it's just the culmination of back when dave took me under his wing we had a bunch of tunes that uh kicked ass, and then they were just lost and lost in the same yep. time, you know? Then uh, you bring the tunes back, revamp them, add some things here and there, rearrange, make them modern, good, and yeah, that's how the EP came about, and uh, between Dave and I, you can put us in a room, David, sorry, Davey boy, or we have two Daves in the band, Dave Clark, who's our drummer, and David Moselle, who's our uh, other mm-hmm. guitarist, We don't really put labels on who's lead or rhythm because we just honestly swap back and forth. But anyway, Davey Boy, Moselle, and I, we just have... We can put us in a room for half an hour and we can churn out an album. Uh, We are actually already working on our next album. We have ideas. Uh, Like I said, we're just waiting for Sean Jovi to finish up his hot key parts, send them over, and uh, yeah, we're already starting to write on the new album which is actually going to be a concept album around the salem witch Trials. oh
0: cool dude that's awesome I've, I've
1: yeah that
0: i don't know man i this
1: title is just going to be uh, i
0: feel like the um as far as uh like concept albums they don't get enough recognition um i really enjoy them for for some reason i can't put my finger on exactly what it is probably just the whole fact you can play it start to finish and get like a quote-unquote like a whole story or whatever I mean, um, there's there's some pretty notable, like, concept albums or, like, A-sides to concept albums and things like that. Like, uh, um, I don't know, like, The Wall is probably, like, one of the, oh, The Wall, but, you know, like, uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall, that's a really good one. But, like, uh, The Grand Illusion by Styx, I, and, I mean, just, you sit and think about some of the greater ones over time, and I don't, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's just easy to fall in love with them.
1: Right, I think Deconstruction or toward the Omniscient. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I went... <laughs>
0: i actually uh, went and saw saw that uh uh, god that tour would have been what year um man it's
1: 2008 yeah i want to say
0: that was about the year i went and saw him um because he had the ziltoid stuff going on when i went and saw him so it might have been the tour after that album but yeah that was uh that was when i first saw him live and it was like god dang this is cool we're talking devin townsend again for anybody that (laughs) doesn't know but
1: uh, (laughs) right but there's other great concept albums out there like uh I could think. Catatonia is the great long or the great cold distance. Uh, Wolverine's communication lost. Uh, Cradle of Filth's damnation in a day. Personal <laughs> favorite. But as for inspiration, back to uh, writing music. Uh, horror flicks. Uh, they've always had quite an influence on me. I absolutely love the lore of that kind of stuff. Like all the intertwining continuity films, like The Conjuring. Insidious, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Pumpkinhead, all that stuff. It it stuck with me, you know? And I, I like exploring the lore because, you know, everybody loves to be scared. There's something thrilling about it. So when you combine that with music and actually get deeper and tell a story that has a meaning, that, that's where we get inspiration from. I mean... Uh, you know, we could just say, oh, evil, demonic, oh, we're trying to out-evil everybody else, but we're just trying to, we're just trying to tell a story in our kind of way. And, uh, yeah, that's where a majority of the stuff comes from. Um, obviously, uh, there's some tunes that coincide with some horror flicks. That's for you guys to hear. If you, uh, want to try to point that out, post it to the page and, uh, give us your opinion on some of the songs. But, um. Yeah, a lot of the other inspirations come from, I don't know, it sounds so cliche to say, but, like, battling inner demons, um, putting up with depression. There's one song off the new album called Ghosts, which is all about multiple personality disorders.
0: That's really cool. All sorts of shit. So, like, you're talking horror movies, I don't want to backtrack too much, but you're talking horror movies and how everyone likes to be scared, like... I honestly, that's, like, the reason I don't watch horror movies is I get so into them. I'm just, like, terrified, peeing my pants, scared, like, at literally everything. Um, I mean, even, like, the simple ones, I remember, God, I was I was even kind of, like, old to watch, like, uh, Friday the 13th, the first one. I was, like, maybe, like, I was, like, 10 or 11 maybe when I first watched it, which is still pretty young, but it's, you know... I don't know. I was I was just, like, mortified by it. I mean, I watched it again as an adult, and it was almost laughable. But it was still, like... It still had that weird, creepy vibe. I remember watch. I didn't watch the first Scream until I was, like, 16 or 17. And I was, like, so into it. I was like, oh, my gosh! And, you know, like, horror movies are <laughs> scary to me. And I think it's, like, really...
1: It's it's, out it's
0: intriguing to me when I find people that uh, grasp onto horror movies and really kind of dig what's going on there because it's it's outside of my realm of understanding I guess you know and it it creates the, it's this whole thing where it's it's something everything that's there is new um, whether it's it's um, audio art visual art whatever it is but like people that create music that is themed after that kind of stuff it it has uh, always intrigued me um, I mean you've even mentioned a handful of bands like earlier you mentioned Cradle of Filth. And that was one when I was growing up, I was like, geez, these guys are crazy, you know. And then you listen to it as an adult and it's like way less crazy as you like dip your toes further into metal. Um, but it's still like you can understand like that kind of gore feeling is where a lot of that kind of comes from. It's kind of crazy um, mm-hmm. that like, I guess I don't know. Maybe that comes from me not being a music creator, not understanding where people draw their inspiration. I mean, like I'm I'm a musician, I play music, but most of the music I write is already like, pseudo pre-written for me with you know like here's here's your area stay in this area and don't go too crazy and it's like all right yeah i can i can do that um but you know it's it's one of those things i've never sat down and written a whole song so i guess i don't know where the inspiration would even come from but it's 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 crazy to hear that you know as um even as far as taking it a step further and and talking battling inner demons i feel like every single person i honestly think every single person has some sort of an issue with that in some corner of you know wherever you're at so like you to be able to come out and uh and make songs about that and talk about it in some sort of artistic light is also like kind of mind-blowing to me it's uh it's it's really cool you know um you don't you don't see or hear a whole lot of that i guess that's that's one of those things you don't really know too much about unless you ask somebody cuz maybe that's something you might not get straight away from the song is there any Right. What's your takeaway?
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at first glance, I mean, you're going to hear references from certain things here and there. But, you I mean, some of our songs are a little more direct. Like "Ghosts," it's like a back and forth. Like some of the lines Monica and I do back and forth and they're almost contradicting that's cool. each other. And, and then it comes together right in the middle as if you're that's talking awesome. to yourself. That's
0: awesome. Dude, that's brilliant. <laughs> That's the kind of, you took your personification of this thing and turned it into music. That's that's wicked. That's so cool. I like, and I totally, I get what you're saying on it, too. It's, I think everybody listening can totally understand that concept. That, uh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Can't wait to check it out. I I don't know if I've heard, is that going to be on the new one or is that one that's currently up there? Let's see here.
1: Uh, that is actually going to be on the uh, new one. And, uh.
0: I'm I'm gonna to totally be listening for that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, dude, it, it's it's great. It's uh, it's got this really cool part right in the middle where uh, you think there's gonna be a solo, but everything just breaks down into uh, into like a really pretty clean break. I got like three different acoustic guitars going on at once, two different electric clean guitars going on at once, creating this big mm-hmm. massive sound. Like whenever I record cleans, I actually uh actually use this guy. Here. Is that a Schecter?
0: And yeah, it is. It, of course it's a Schecter.
1: You know, it, it's actually a rare Hellraiser model made in the V, but uh this thing's got like the greatest clean tone. I ever got you uh flip it up into the uh mm-hmm. bridge position, pull both the knobs and the cleans on the center. That's awesome. And uh on top of that, I'll run that direct into uh, either I'll reamp it through my Blackstar, and I have the Nocto Verb to give it this mm-hmm. really eerie sound. But on top of that, I'll uh, take an acoustic. I'll plug it directly into the interface. I'll mic it up, and then layer that on top of the uh, the electric clean guitar to give it a full that's a crazy full sound. And uh, I feel since that song's so heavy because it's in drop A, to have a pretty clean acoustic break before it goes into a big vocalization by Monica followed by the solo at the end of the song where you're not expecting it I feel like that just it, it goes from one place to another to another to another to another which ties in with the uh, multiple mm-hmm. personality you're thing. saying d-
0: drop A yeah, yeah. drop A tuning jeez that's yeah. deep that's that's low I'm trying to that, I gotta wrap my head no, around that's this fun. that's uh Seven half steps lower than standard tuning. Jeez, <laughs> Do you, are you using yeah, a seven we, uh, seven string or six? Okay.
1: Yeah. Woo. Uh, um, we're using we're using a seven string. Um, I actually used a Schecter Kenny Hickey mm-hmm. baritone. Uh, for those who don't know who uh, Kenny Hickey is, he's the uh, guitarist. The typo negative. He has this really cool mm-hmm. baritone from Schecter that uh, I used to do some of the leads on for that song just because it was a little easier to access those frets on a, on a 6 in a way than it is a 7 which I had to transpose live on this 7 but no, we use uh, we, Dave and I both use Schechter's we both have uh, the Hellraiser I have a plethora of them but he uses a Hellraiser and a mm-hmm. Hellraiser C7 but usually uh, we stick around and drop C tuning we have a song called Demise mm-hmm. in D tuning that's another thing, uh, another song from Whatever Darkness that talks a little bit how since, uh, we abandoned our common sense, our knowledge, Mm -hmm. in favor of religion, so we lost, we pretty much set ourselves back. That, uh, that ties into that. A lot of the stuff ties into, uh, I'm not, I don't want to quite say sacrilegion, like sacrilegious territory, but, you know, it's just a little spiteful in that sense, um, Got mixed feelings about religion overall, but
0: oh, man. <laughs> no, I totally.
1: <laughs> I lost myself. Oh, oh yeah, the tuning. We're usually in drop C. We have like three tunes in drop A. And uh, just one in D standard. So, uh, don't straight Yeah, I are, mean, hard,
0: um, most of my stuff I've ever done anything in uh, has been standard tuning. Which for like, for people that don't understand uh, the tuning, like imagine you have like just a piano has like this you can go this low and this high on it and now imagine dustin's talking about a piano that his low is now way lower than my low you know uh, he can go way lower sounds than i can go so like that's that's the gist of what we're talking about here but i've never strayed too much from standard tuning i guess um i did a little bit of stuff in d uh unity does most of their stuff in in the d range um which is just a full step down and you know, like, other than that, is that something that, uh, like, what kind of... I'm always intrigued what got people away from standard tuning. Is there something that got you away from that, or was it just the music you listened to, so when you wanted to try and replicate it, it was already there? Or,
1: uh, uh, I've caught myself learning a lot of songs that were already in drop C. but I feel like uh, vocally for Monica and I, that's where we are uh-huh. the most comfortable. Uh, whenever I write a song, you know... I'm sure you've been there whenever you write a song you hear you might hear what the mm-hmm. drums are doing in your head well sometimes each tr- like sometimes what I write I already hear what kind of words or syllables are going somewhere so I write something in a way to where I can if I'm going to be playing it on guitar I can sound out the syllables to the root note of whatever I'm playing on that guitar so C just felt
0: That makes sense um me. I've actually heard that from some people where they like they like singing in D better than singing in E standard you know cuz it's just a little bit more accessible or something
1: right all right i mean even james Hetfield uh from metallica for some of you people who uh, know the mainstreamers live they'll turn anything that's in e standard down to e flat just so james yeah will makes sense you singing. take
0: everything to lower a little bit lower notes and then you can sing it live i bet that's why a, a handful of bands have done that because i remember listening to some stuff and you listen to a live version you're like man this is so heavy sounding and it's like oh it's because it's just a half step lower, and that's why it sounds a little bit heavier, but uh, mm-hmm. it totally makes sense, I guess, live on the fly, you want to do it as good as you can, and, and nobody's going to be able to pick it out live on the fly, usually, that, like, oh, this is a half step lower, you know, like, nobody's really going to be able to pick that out unless you're really listening for it.
1: Right, and if you're really smart, you can just go to YouTube, and you know how Romstein has, uh, You can't have any of their music on YouTube unless it's from their site, mm-hmm. people usually detune it before they put it online just tune it back that makes sense yeah that totally
0: makes sense man (laughs) yeah i guess i never thought too much about yeah and there are softwares you can use to detune that stuff i never thought too much about that kind of stuff you uh were i also want to talk about we were talking weird guitar tunings uh another thing that you had shown me online once uh that just had me like baffled was a, a nine-string guitar, if I recall. There it is, he's uh, gonna show it to me again here. So most guitars have six strings, um, some have seven. Uh, you might even occasionally find an eight-string guitar. Um, they make 12-string guitars as well, but that's that's another story. So uh, this one's a, a nine-string, so it's got six like normal, but the the highest three strings are the ones that are doubled. All right, and this that is another is, one, if I recall correct. correctly, it had really funky tuning on it, if if I recall correctly.
1: Uh, let's see. It's uh, typical drop C tuning. It's C-G-C-F-A-D, except I believe it's uh, C-G-C-F-C-A-A-D-D. So there's almost like an always present fifth. Uh, did I get that right? F Let's see. I can't remember. I'll have to check it. i have to check it out when I tune it, which is a bitch because the strings. Yes.
0: Are oh man. Yeah. Well, you're tuning nine strings, and I'll I'll forgive you for not being able to memorize what they all are, because it's a weird guitar. What <laughs> in the world got you? Had, like, why would you want to make a nine-string guitar? And I'm not trying to be like, what? You know, it's dumb. But like, it just it, it baffled <laughs> me to see it. Like, what made you think of that?
1: Well, let's just say I already got a lot of shit from some of the dudes <laughs> on the Schechter page because uh, the one that I just so happened to choose was a model that they don't produce anymore and it's sought after. Uh, it's okay. It's Hellraiser Extreme, which has a bit of a has some different specs than the original. But uh, gear <laughs> talk, boring. Um, I just uh, I picked up a twelve string and I really like the way that it sounds. And uh, on this new album, Salem, we're gonna have some more clean stuff. Uh, we're trying to hit the perfect balance of heavy but catchy, but still just be as disgustingly heavy as possible, but almost Mm -hmm. mainstream catchy. But, uh, I figured, you know, some of the cleans that we do live and some of the songs that we have clean guitar in, instead of getting a chorus pedal or switching to a different instrument, I just feel like it'd give it a fuller sound. And I love the way the chords sound on it. It, uh, it gives it it gives it just the... It's hard to yeah, explain. It's just perfect. It's kind of like... A,
0: uh, I'm assuming um, it's like a 12-string where it, you're, just, it just adds like... It almost sounds like it doesn't do anything, but at the same rate, it's like, oh, this is way more full just because there's more voicings of the different things.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, like even doing leads on it, since uh, you'd think it'd be a bitch to do that, it's actually oh, not really? too bad. Like... Uh, yeah, there's a there's a technique that someone had sent a video to me where the dude will take a string and he'll like tune it like real low, put it in another saddle, and uh, it'll share the same saddle with another string and it'll tune it back up just below it and it'll give it this uh, mm-hmm. really awesome wailing sound. Whenever you bend it or do a... Uh... God. I can't, I can't even
0: think.
1: <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, it just sounds really up. it just sounds really good together. Especially when you're doing bends okay. or vibratos. That's what it there, is. There is vibrato. Yeah, it just it gives it a completely different characteristic. Uh, I just I like the way the twelve strings sound. I couldn't do it on the heavy stuff. I wanted to be able to still be able to lock down a rhythm and do the weird chords that Dave and I do on the heavy side without it being compromised. So I just had the top three done, which uh, was a bit of a pain in the ass. I actually had to get locking banjo tuners. And had the drill through the head stuff.
0: Yeah, because uh, the tuners done. the tuners on this is like three on the top, three on the bottom, like three in the back, right?
1: Yep, like uh, it's uh, three in a row, well three to a side, sort mm-hmm. of like your conventional Les Paul. But uh, I had the drill, I, I, the guy who I commissioned to do it for me, Matt Sellers, phenomenal dude brayed uh, luthier, I, the way it is, the way it is, I told him it cannot, the Schechter logo cannot be covered up. It's got to be seen because I even sent photos of it to mm-hmm. uh, the president, Michael Ceravolo. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. And he thought that was just a crazy idea as well. But uh, no, I, I'm really particular about having the logo being shown. So it's just drilled right through the middle of the headstock. We actually had to uh, take the tuners and sort of uh, have them turned in sort of offset so they're not quite touching the guitar but leaving extra room for the banjo tuners to go straight through it God, through the head that's side. so
0: crazy i mean <laughs> i'm still just like kind of mind blown by it i'd like to get my hands on it and play it sometime just to see what it's like because you know i'd i'd probably get about six notes out and be like what is this you know it's it's a it's a crazy thing you know and it was something that uh, you showed me that when I first started like getting into kind of modifying my own guitars and doing my own stuff to guitars and kind of tinkering with that and it it definitely struck me as one of those weird things um, I'm assuming you spend a decent amount of time uh, online kind of just poking through other people's goofy gear stuff because um, you were one of the first people that started showing me like Facebook groups that I could jump in and and see people that were like like-minded. Oh, you like this kind of gear, maybe you like this, or you like that kind of music. Maybe you'll like this or, or whatever. But, uh, I'm assume, I'm just assuming like, uh, is, is it one of those things where you just see something online and you want to try it for yourself to see how it works out? Or, or what is it? Is it just like a curious mind or?
1: Well, I, uh, I've never seen it done before to be honest. And, uh, uh, to be 100% truthful here, I just played on a 12-string Dan Electro at Guitar Center. I'm like, oh, this is really comfortable. I like the way this sounds. The cleans are just phenomenal. When you hit the OD on, I think it was a, I think it was a Marshall I was playing on when I went over to the Distortion Channel. I just, I I wanted to try it, and I'm like, okay, if it sounds good on a Dan Electro through a uh, Marshall, let's see how it sounds modern yeah, on a yeah, dude. through a Blackstar. Um,
0: I'm assuming because the the lower strings the you get like chug you still have the ability to like chug with this thing you know uh uh to get that yeah okay so I'm I'm starting yes, to pick sir. it up okay so it makes a little bit more sense now to me why it would just be 9 strings uh instead of uh all 12 cuz I'm assuming that was what you were thinking like it's it's so bright on the on the low end that you kind of kind of take something away and you don't want to take it away at the amp level so yeah Alright, the guitar makes sense now. Are you? How many right. songs have you written using this guitar? Just the one? Or have, have you thrown it in a handful of others? Or are you going to sneak it in another one?
1: Uh, actually, actually, uh, the thing is, I can't use it quite live yet. Because everything else, whenever we play something live, we try to be absolutely 100% truthful mm-hmm. the way it was done on the recording. Minus me doing some of the harmonies with mm-hmm. Monica instead of doubling her up. But uh, on this next album, I got some got some riffs here that are gonna be pretty. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. That guitar. Uh, might actually have to bring three guitars just oh, that's to play the whole set with it. Just because, like, uh, well, actually, I bring three now. I uh, I like playing my uh seven. I like playing my uh, V, which is a Floyd. And the D tuna won't fit in it, so I can't tune it up to D standard. So I'll bring mm-hmm. a Hellraiser or a Hellraiser Stream, Extreme, and then I'll have to bring a seven for the A stuff. So at the end of the day, come this next album, Salem, after the whatever darkness, uh, after we run with that, I'm probably gonna have to end in up a taking while. four different guitars. Unless I sacrifice yeah. not having yeah. use the Floyd, that was
0: something I never really thought too much about until I had one. Was like the D tuna on like a Floyd, and it's kind of handy to have around if you if you want to flip back and forth without doing all the loosening of the nuts and tuning and retightening and and all that nonsense. So it's kind of a cool cool invention, I guess. If uh, there's any gearheads out there listening and you've never heard of the D tuna on a Floyd, check it out. Um... It's kind of a neat neat dealio. (coughs) Hmm. Sorry, I had to clear my throat here. Hmm. Uh, I'm just going to check up. You still recording over there? Everything's going good? Oh, yeah. So, uh, for anybody that hasn't figured it out, I'm probably going to say it in the preface. (laughs) But we're doing a Skype cast. And, uh, you know, this is one of the cool things about uh, being able to do this is the fact that you and I have never met face-to-face, unfortunately, but... Um, You know, we've enjoyed each other's time over the Internet and have been very well aware of each other's uh, endeavors. And, uh, you know, like speaking of Sean earlier in the podcast, our friends group has kind of slowly, you know, we've got a little bit of overlap. We've, uh, you know, we've got some of the same bands that we've seen and or played with. And that's that's kind of a neat thing is the fact that uh, the music scene in Iowa is um it's it's pretty big now it's it's uh it's only getting bigger i feel like as uh music is more accessible and easier to make and put online and share with everybody um but it's also kind of cool that we're all still kind of you know you're let's see if i had to drive to where you're at it's it's like four ish hours away i'm trying to calculate it in my mind it's like four plus hours so you know like you and i still have the ability to like interact with one another um whether it be through like facebook or other facebook pages or or wherever it's at you know that's that's kind of crazy have you have you ever like uh met people from across the state and kind of like forged kind of these pseudo relationships like this with other people i mean uh, obviously sean would be one that would come to mind but are there any other like any other people like any other bands you played with where you're like oh dude there's this band i never would have thought about in like madison or whatever you know that that we played with once and they're awesome you know or
1: Well, there's this uh, there's this one group, a uh, buddy of mine, we've never actually met in person, but uh, have quite a bit of stuff in common. We've talked a decent amount online, and I actually haven't reached out in a while, but uh, he used to be in a band mm-hmm. called Chaos Orton inside of Peoria. His name's Jordan Sands. I say uh, we sort of have a similar relationship like you and I do, but... Uh as for that, I mean yeah, I I do talk back and forth with some other dudes from other states and other bands that uh just out of peer, oh, you like Black Star too? Hell yeah, or uh you're a Schechter nut, that's friggin' awesome. Check out mine, I'll check out yours. That kind of stuff. So it's really cool how tight knit you can be, even if you're just brand loyal over something and these people are just yeah. Loyal I, to you know, these. that actually is cool something pretty as crazy
0: as far as like brand loyalty. Uh, can actually win you friendships in the music scene. Um, I mean, geez, got to clear my throat again. But, like, you uh, you you're, you understand just as well as uh, most other people that know me pretty well that I like PV stuff. You know, like, uh, PVs one of my favorite companies. Uh, they've always made uh, some of the best inexpensive stuff. That's, like, the best way you can say it. Like,
1: uh... I... I'd say the best accessible stuff, the best yes, yeah. stuff.
0: Like I mean, there's, obviously place. they have economy models of things, but like, it's, uh, it's actually, you know, one of those things, one of the first people I, I interviewed on the podcast was Ben Christopher, um. I think it was, like, episode number three, and he was another guy that, like, I saw live, and he's using a JSX, and he's in Iowa, and he's one of the only other people I know that's using one, and uh, it's just kind of like, dude, I like your tone, you know, tone's good, you know, you kind of give him those little jabs and stuff.
1: <laughs> right, it's sort of weird, because that's how Sean got so turned on to St. October, uh, is he saw the gear that we were using. I have a Blackstar HT100 stage with a matching cab, mm-hmm. a Line Six M13 pedal board. Our other guitarist Mosel, he's using a an oh, nice. Powerball matching head and cab. And our bass player Jeff just had a ridiculously monstrous bass rig. I I can't remember what he had at the time. I I don't think it was a Camper, even though I know Sean's a nut for campers. Yep, yep. <laughs> part of the Camper Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about online communities winning over, like, oh, winning over big-time friends from loyal. Yeah, dude. Talk to that oh, guy. Oh man, those guys are tight. Community.
0: You know, that's like kind of one of those crazy things. Is uh, of as far as like uh, the music community, people kind of getting tight with with one another. Is I, you know, i I found it easier than I thought I would to to delve into different genres and find people that I enjoy out of every genre. Um, I mean. Uh, being in a a punk band that kind of plays metal and kind of plays rock, we fit on all these weird cards where I get to see a lot of bands that um, I've talked about it before on the podcast. Like we might not quite a hundred percent fit in with these people, but at the same rate, like this is still a good show. There's great people here. You find some people that you really enjoy in some of the bands and you kind of just take to them and everybody kind of slowly becomes Facebook friends with one another. And it's, it's kind of a neat thing, I guess. How long have you been playing music like in quote unquote in the music scene?
1: Oh, shit. Um, I guess I started pretty early. I started actually playing a musical instrument at the age of 13, and I was playing a show at mm-hmm. the age of 14, 15. So I've been playing in, in and out of bars and venues since I was 15 up until about 19, where I took a a bit of a, took a bit of a break, and it took from 19 up until like 23 to find something and start something up again. That was worth it. And, uh, yeah, I've only recently been recognized in the scene now, and God, that would have been... Yeah. 2017. 2017 when we started, uh, I know saying October was a thing about oh, really year before we even made a Facebook page. It's just, uh, yeah, I didn't want to come out and be one of those bands that just posted a bunch of shitty garage videos or basement videos of us working on stuff here and there. A bunch of, oh, you guys... You guys don't know what you're in for. You you have no idea what's coming. <laughs> oh, we're so brutal or heavy. We wanted to come out. We wanted to come out right with like a lyric video, an EP, merch, and stuff like that. So when people check us out, yeah, we,
0: yeah, man. I mean, I've talked about legit. that with other people on the podcast. I mean, there's literally no right or wrong way to eat the Reeses. That is being in a band. But uh, as far as like setting yourself up to be a little Oh, yeah, <laughs> I like Reeses, too, yes, huh? <laughs> but but you can't actually sit down and set it up in a fashion that makes yourself look um, like presentable. it's n- It's nothing different than dressing up to go somewhere. it's It's like the same concept. Um, and like some of the bands I talked to I, I, I've talked to a couple of people where they said, you know, we had a band, we set it up, and we had our first couple shows and and this other stuff. and we realized we had something that kind of sounded good. So what we did was we just made a website. We made a website and it had this thing and it made us look professional and we got booked a couple more times because of it and now everybody kind of likes us and they think we're this big official band that's been around for a while but it's just based on the fact that they set everything up in a fashion that made it look that way. Um, is this like your first stab at trying to trying to do it this way? Uh, I mean, I guess maybe beforehand there might not have been as much social media uh, presence. but now.
1: I mean, uh, the last legit band I was in uh, was a band called Indocile. I uh, sort of pulled a shitty thing. I left them right in the semifinals in the Battle of the Bands in Clinton, but, you know, it was a dive bar battle of the bands. But uh, other than that, we tried taking an approach like that, but given some of the people in the group, it was just, mm-hmm. I guess, sometimes hard to be taken serious. So, it was it was really hard to escape that stigma, too, going into something new. And uh, just knowing yeah. that you might have that following you. You know, it's like, everybody has a band that they're sort of embarrassed to be in. I mean, I'm not saying I was embarrassed to be in that group, but uh, some of the people in that group have made some not good decisions. that uh, I just Yeah, dude. I mean, me that was now, something like, that comes come up in a, a lot show. of
0: podcasts, is it's tough to find the right group of people to play music with because i mean for people that don't play music they don't understand it because they think like oh you guys just show up in a town and stand together on a stage for 45 minutes and then leave and don't talk to each other like you can do it's like no that's not possible it's like you have to stand next to each other and practice and write things and get together creatively which is you know probably just impossible if you don't get along with somebody
1: yeah, trying to find the right group of people to mesh in, to feel like family, and that you can work with, that you feel like you have creative chemistry with, it's a pain in the ass, not to mention, you gotta worry about, okay, who's gonna get butt hurt over this, uh, who's gonna show up at what time, when someone says they're gonna be here, when are they actually gonna be here, um, uh, being in a band is, uh, it's not just five or six guys, or four or three, whatever, minimalist, or, exponential group you were in it's not just about standing together standing together on stage playing an instrument you got to be able to get along with these dudes like you said you got to be able to coexist right and eventually if you have the goal and the dream to you got to be able to share a stinky ass bus with them or a tent or something
0: (laughs) yeah yeah man yeah carpool with them at bare minimum you know across the state that's you know that's one of those things i never really thought too much about, like, not getting along with a band, because I've been lucky to be able to get along with everybody I've ever shared the stage with. So, like, I've been super lucky in that aspect. But I, like you, took a giant... I took, like, my entire 20s off, almost, to, to not be in bands, because I, I A, didn't want to dedicate the time to be good enough to be in a band, and, and B, uh, didn't think I would get along with anybody well enough to be in a band so i just didn't do it because i knew how much work it would take and it's it is one of those really hard things and uh it's crazy when you can actually find the right group of people and things start flowing the way they do you know it sounds like you guys are firing on all cylinders over there that's that's,
1: absolutely i mean other than me having to record the bass to this new album really wish jeff could have done it because i mean the dude's like i said a phenomenal player keith came along a little too late after that but Aside from that note, I feel really lucky and blessed to have the group that I have. I love each and every member like a brother, including Sean, and I've only known him for about a year or so now.
0: Yeah, yeah, Sean's, Sean's a fun is. guy. Uh, you know, <laughs> so uh, you, you got the new album coming up soon. Do you have a date when that's going to come out? or do you have like a, a an estimate as to when maybe you hope it would come out cuz I'll tell you what I've been in these shoes I see you smiling over there I've been in these shoes before where it's just like we have this album we recorded it we're close it's almost done it's going to come out like in the summer and then it's it's you know like fall the next year and you're like I'm finally finishing recording some so of this stuff So everything
1: it's about 90% done it's actually in mixing and mastering right now we're just waiting Woo-hoo. We're just waiting for a special somebody to send us over some tracks.
0: Nice. That's cool, man. That's really cool. So yeah. that's good. That, that, uh, I, oh, it's good to hear. It's good to good to hear that it's so close. Oh, so yeah, that's good.
1: Just one more person to throw in their contributions, and uh, that'll be the icing on the cake.
0: Sweet. All right. So we've uh we've covered most of the good stuff uh i feel like is there anything else that you wanted to talk about uh distinctly i do have over on one of my screens here i do have your social media for saint october pulled up i will drop it in the description section um down below where did that go i've got it somewhere over here Oh, there it is. Yeah, I'll drop it in the description section down below. But uh, as far as social media, uh, it seems that you guys are most active on Facebook and Instagram. Does that make uh, sense? Yeah,
1: I handle a lot of the Facebook stuff. Monica handles a lot of the other stuff. For those of you that don't know, Monica Wilson is our uh, vocalist. We are we are a female-fronted group. Um, as for the rest of that, uh, Dave, Dave, I hope I didn't make us sound stupid.
0: Um... no man i'll I'll tell you what it's always weird being like i've done a bunch of these like quote-unquote interviews or whatever but uh being interviewed is always weird i'll tell you that like it doesn't matter (laughs) so i think you did i think you did just fine check out saint october on facebook everybody uh saint dot october 13 is your at symbol on facebook for that Uh, Otherwise, you can just search it up in the search bar, and it's the first thing that popped up for me. So, I'm assuming it'll be the first thing that popped up for you. Otherwise, Instagram, Twitter, I've got links down below. Make sure you click on them. Um, Dustin. Disclaimer. Huge thanks. What's that? There is
1: another band on Facebook with the name St. October. Been defunct since early thousands. So, if you go over there, it's... Uh It's going to be the band that has the uh, the black f- profile picture with the skull on it, and the uh, I believe the first cover photo is a red-headed woman. That is...
0: Uh, yes, yep, uh, that is that is correct. Yeah,
1: I just wanted to throw that out there. Like, when we first started playing and started advertising, people started going to this other page and uh, maybe gave some people hope. <laughs> and,
0: yeah, I mean that that was like the one reason when i joined three finger betty i'm like i doubt anyone's got this name right. <laughs> no dude uh it's, it's great though i just I actually just followed you guys on twitter today as well so i did see you had a twitter so check out all the links down below um if you want i can even share some uh, other links so we'll talk about that after this recording but dustin huge thanks for sitting down with me, joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day, man. Oh, man,
1: my pleasure. I'm sorry it only took six to eight months.
0: (laughs) I totally missed all that because my my audio just glitched, unfortunately.
1: Uh, Well, it's been my pleasure, man. Unfortunately, it took about six to eight months to get back to you on this, and I'm so sorry.
0: Dude, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm glad to finally sit down with you, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. Hopefully I can get to a show and see you live okay. sometime finally. I'll raise
1: you one. One say in October and Unity, going to play a show together.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Let's get Sean on that. Sean, yeah. if you're listening, let's do this. You're
1: going to be pulling <laughs> double duty, my boy.
0: Oh, yeah. All right, man. Uh, we'll, we'll check you later. I'm going to stop the recording, but I'm going to talk to you after right. this. oh yeah there's another one in the bank it's a fun one. Oh man had a good time talking with dustin you gotta check out his band i got links down below saint october it's good stuff new album coming up soon check it out i also want to say once again thanks to dustin for taking time out of his day um you know it's it's one of those things it's it's sometimes it's tough for two people's schedules to meet up to do one of these things and uh we tried and tried and tried and tried, and guess what? We got it done. So uh, appreciate it, Dustin. Uh, really, really want to say thanks a lot for doing this. It's it's fun to actually finally, you know, talk to you face to face. I guess. Um, I mean, we talked through Skype, and uh, I do also want to say thanks for uh, recording your portion of the audio for this one, Dustin. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, this is one of the rare times my Skype audio did not come through good at all so uh, I uh, used Dustin's backup audio and it's a good thing he did it so thanks Dustin appreciate it. Uh, I also want to say check out that Rockin' Picnic party in Humboldt February 22nd 2020 it's coming up in just a few weeks guys uh, it's about a month away you know so check it out. Uh, music starts at 8 February 22nd 2020 show is at Rustics in Humboldt it's the Rockin' Picnic winter party featuring the J. Clyde band so check it out it's going to be a good one, guys. Oh, man. I want to say thanks to uh, everybody that's listened throughout the last few weeks. I want to say thanks to everybody that's been joining me on the podcast. This is uh, this has been a real, real fun time. Um, I mean, I've, I'm going to start maybe maybe doing a little bit of show promoting. I'm not 100% sure. Either Either way, um, you know, it's one of those things uh, I, I do... A fair share of playing in shows and every now and then i will book a show like i uh i have recently booked a show for three finger betty and it's uh coming up in march so i think i'll uh i'll probably talk about that when the show gets a little bit closer but i will be playing a show in march in humboldt iowa that is uh my uh hometown so if you guys want to uh anybody up in the northern iowa area want to check that one out i'll be playing a show it'll be some uh rock and roll and some punk and uh we're bringing our buddies of the monks. They're from Des Moines. They play a little bit of rock and roll, a little bit of funk, a little bit of this and that. So check it out. It's going to be a fun show. Really, uh, really excited for that one. So, you guys want to check out where I'm playing anytime? To, uh, you know, the easiest place to check would be Three Finger Betty on Facebook. Facebook at Three Finger Betty. Check it out. That's the band. Uh, I want to say thanks to everybody for listening. I want to say thanks to Couchtown Coffee. Enter that code word October. Save yourself twenty percent this week. Oh man. It's gonna be a good one. I uh, hope everybody's driving safe in the bad weather out there too. It's uh, it's been kind of weird. You know, everybody's been getting sick and the weather's been getting crazy and and it's uh, you know, I don't know. For a while, it seemed like we weren't ever gonna get weather. Now it uh, won't stop. So rock and roll, I guess. Not much you can do about it. It's winter. It's Iowa. Just the way things go. So really appreciate you guys listening. I'm going to check out. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.